Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Roga Report podcast in association with the Sunderland Community Soup Kitchen. It's Gav and you join us back once again. I say this every week, once again, to talk about Sunderland win. We beat uh, Cambridge at home 5-1. Rather one-sided performance and one that I'm going to enjoy talking about with my good friend Phil. Hello, Phil. Hi, Gav. How are you doing? I'm very good. Well, I say I'm very good. As you both know, and we'll bring in Martin in a second, but as you both know, I had a bit too much to drink last night watching the fight, so that's probably why I sound like this. And yeah, I feel as good as I can, Phil. Um, also joined from the other side of the world by Martin Wanless. Hi, Martin. Gav, I'm probably doing a little bit better than you are by the looks of things. Yeah, yeah. I've, I'll, I'm just going <laughs> to bake in the sun, I think, in the garden today and try and get over it. Anyways, we're here to talk about the football. Uh, 5-1, like I said, Phil, against Cambridge. Before we, we started, I said it, it's a weird one to try and pick apart this because... Um, although the, you know we won five one and it was very one sided, they made it easy for us, didn't they? They basically gave us the game by giving us a penalty and having a man sent off very early in the first half. But yeah, I mean, you've, as we've seen this season at the stadium, alike it can go one or two ways, can't it? You can either you know batter the team or you can do what's happened a couple of times this season to us and when you come up against 10 men you really struggle to break them down and thankfully Cambridge just couldn't be arsed could they so no. we um we, it was a bit of a training game and a good one to set us up for the rest of the week oh, absolutely I mean before the game Gav you know I would have taken any kind of a victory to be honest with you you know with how tight the league table is and how nervy it's going to be over the final week as everyone's scrapping for points to get into those playoffs but I thought our attitude, once we got the advantage of them going down to 10 men, I thought our attitude was brilliant. They were ruthless, composed, businesslike. There was no hint of them. Even when we conceded the goal to let them to, when the game went 2-1, I always felt that we were in control of it and that we were not going to let that slip. So that told me that we'd learnt the lessons from the Shrewsbury game. Game management was much better. And I thought, like I said, our application yesterday was absolutely top-notch. They really That was a high-pressure game, make no mistake about it. But the body language of the players was excellent. Really, you know, they were really up for it. They were really motivated. You could tell that they were determined to put a performance on. And as you said, Gav, it was a very comprehensive victory and exactly the kind of win that we needed, I feel, because it's going to be, you know, it's a big week coming up for the club. And to go into it on the back of a victory like that with so many players in great form is very, very encouraging. Yeah, and Ross Stewart got back in amongst the goals, Martin. That was a big positive, wasn't it? Because we've been saying it for weeks on here. We just need to get him to score goals again for... The playoffs, really. I mean, he's our best player this season, and we've missed his 
goals really. I mean, the, the other players have all chipped in over the last few weeks to try and um, cover for his sort of drop in form. But I mean, the, I know the penalty, getting the penalty nice and early in the game, that'll have done his confidence wonders. And then the second goal, I don't know about you, but when the ball came into him, I thought his touch was terrible. Yet the way he swiveled and hit it was like a confidence striker's goal, wasn't it? So it was pleasing to see him get back in amongst it. Certainly was. It was um, it was Kevin Phillips esque. I think his second goal, <laughs> the way he sort of yeah. swivelled and, and hammered it in. But I was having a look earlier, and I think before yesterday, he he only scored two goals from open play in the last eighteen games, which for a striker who's had such a lot of of goals and been such an important player for us this season, he really has had a season of two halves, hasn't he? I think yeah. Up until the the Wickham game in, in January, he he was on fire and he's he's struggled a little bit. Um, and it's it's to be expected, really. You know, he's come come from Scotland. He was a bit part player last year, had a few injuries, and you know, he's he was really thrust into the the starting eleven. I don't think anybody really expected him to play as much football as he has done this season. I think he's the um, he's played more minutes than anybody else in the team. And you know the lack of options that we have up front has has required him to play every minute of every game. And even yesterday, Alex Neal said he, he would have liked to have taken him off and given him a rest. But he just didn't have a a sub available. Didn't have an option to to give him a rest. But look, if if he's coming into form, back into form right now, that can only be good news for for us, can't it? Yeah, I, I'm over the moon. I think I think Ross Stewart to me is the he's the epitome of what I want to see in a League One. Sunderland team from a player yeah. he, he, he just does everything really well I mean even even yesterday there was times where he was at right back defending and sort of winning headers and, and duels and stuff it's it's you need players like that in your team to, to be successful Can I just chip in on Stuart there Gaff because there was a point that Martin just made there about how you know he's, he's been such a key player for us this season and after the Plymouth game on Monday, where he did look a bit jaded, he he looked a bit as if you know he looked as if he was you know he was running on empty a little bit, and I saw some people on Twitter saying that you know he, he's his head's been turned, rumours of a transfer etc etc. That performance that he turned in yesterday was not the kind of performance that a striker who wants away from this football club would turn in. I'll tell you that you, you, we've all seen it when strikers are playing as if they're desperate for a move away. Ross Stewart was fully connected yesterday. He was bang on form, and he was he wants to get this club promoted so. The questions about his commitment to the team and all that type of thing, I think that's absolute nonsense, personally. I think he's had a bad run of form, but I don't think his commitment should ever be in question. And I think he, you know, he was duly rewarded yesterday, two crucial goals. And as you said, Gav, the second of which, he took, he, he turned what looked like a bit of a, a hopeless situation into a quality finish. And that was yeah. a really good sign, without a doubt. Yeah. We'll go through this in a bit more of a chronological order than um, Elliot Embleton got the second goal, which... He didn't mean it, did he, Martin? Let's be honest. But it, it, well, he says he did. Well, it's it's sort of like a bit of a percentage shot, I would call it. We play pool, but when I play pool, we call it like percentage shots and stuff. Where you you do something, and you know if it doesn't come off, then you know at least you've you've put it into a certain area, or whatever. With this with this cross that he put in from the free kick, it was one of those where if he, if someone didn't get the head on it at the back post, it was there was a good chance that it would go towards the back post and. We've done this before. We've done it against Cambridge away, away, didn't we? I think it was Alex Pritchard scored direct Pritchard, from the corner. corner wasn't it? Do yeah. you know? I haven't had a chance to look this up. Does anyone know if that was the same goalkeeper or not? Not sure. 
No, I don't I, know. I, I suspected. I suspected it is. Um, yeah, he was yeah. absolutely useless there, keeper. By the way, he was terrible. He was. He he made a couple of good saves, but it didn't it didn't overshadow the fact how bad he was. But the uh, the goal from Embleton, though, you see, he meant it, or he said he meant well, it. Well, he he said he said he meant it, right. and I actually think it's. I think this is a thing that we we've seen increasingly with Alex Neal's tenure at, at the football club in in that he. He works on weaknesses within the opposition, and he mm. works to sort of nullify their their strengths, like we saw against Plymouth, where he put O nine over to the left hand side to try to to mitigate the um, the danger Sessignon posed down that side on on Monday. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if Embleton's free kick was a case of this keeper's dodgy with crosses coming over over his head high. Anything, any chance to get put the ball into the far post and if it goes in goes in if it doesn't go in he'll flap at it somebody will get a header onto it so I think it was very deliberately put into that area and if it goes in if it gets a touch it's great isn't it yeah but then we done what we do quite often and what a minute later Phil they scored and I saw Alex Neal on the touch because I, I, first thing I did when they scored is I looked at him on the touch line and he absolutely welled the it. bottles all over he the did. place. He did. I was, I, was, I was about five <laughs> rows back from that. And he absolutely, it was like he was taking a penalty. He absolutely nailed them because he was livid. But <laughs> again, you know, that just shows that he's, he's, he's out how high a premium he's putting on keeping clean sheets and being defensively tight, you know. And I think that the goal we considered was just a classic case of we got a bit giddy. You know, Embleton's just scored a goal. The whole stadium's bouncing. The players just, they just switch off for a moment and Cambridge kind of take advantage of that. Yeah. Um, and and I just, it was just defensive slackness, really. You know, it was a decent finish. Don't get me wrong, but and, and then you know, I suppose the game can go one of two ways, can't you? You know, two one. Then you're thinking, you know, the ghosts of Shrewsbury game management. Are we going to let them back in? But we didn't, you know. And then obviously, as I'm sure we'll talk about, then we went straight, you know, down the other end and scored another good goal from Stewart. So I thought again, it was all about attitude and responding to conceding mm. that goal. Um, yeah, and the yeah, we did. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, we responded brilliantly. Like I say, you know, really disappointing goal. The manager wasn't happy. I mean, we could sit and pick it apart. There are a few things in that goal really that were worrying. I mean, we saw Callum Doyle make a mistake further up the pitch, which then allowed them to advance. Then Lyndon Gooch has a bit of an air shot at it. Danny Bart sort of I don't really know what he's doing. Sort of half-hearted dive at the ball, and yeah. they score. It's a decent goal, but it it is frustrating because you know how much. Um, importance Alex Neal places on clean sheets but the third goal came not long after I think it was about 36 minutes into the game roster I know we've already talked about it but that response Martin was important wasn't it we had to uh, there was a bit of tension in the stadium after their goal because I, I turned around to my mate and I was like you know we've you wouldn't think we were winning the, the, it killed the atmosphere totally killed the atmosphere on the ground because they'd scored um and it could have went one or two ways. It could have went the other way where Cambridge got their tails up a little bit. A bit like we saw with Shrewsbury the other week. And they, they could have got back in the game and made it two all. But but to be fair to us, we got our foot back on the ball and we played some good stuff leading up to that goal. And it was, like I say, a good finish from Ross Stewart. It was, and I thought it was... I thought Cambridge's whole setup was really like ridiculously naive. And whether they just didn't give a toss... Or whether they were just set up badly, I, I I don't know. But like they they'd beaten Wigan last week, hadn't they? And then rested a boatload of players in midweek, so they were fresh for for the game on on Saturday. But they they were pushing up so high from the the kickoff, and they were leaving spaces in between in, in between their defence and the the eighteen yard box. And we were just trying to chip balls in for for players to run onto. And even after getting that goal back, 
They didn't change the way they, they were set up. They were still trying to push and squeeze us. And that go, they just let, let us have so much space. I just couldn't believe how like, daft they were, really. Yeah. It was, it was really important that we got that response quickly. And I think, looking on the positive side of it, hopefully the players have learned from that um, Shrewsbury game. They've picked apart some of the things that went wrong. And like you know, Phil used a whole load of adjectives earlier about the performance. Like we were re- relentless yesterday in just our pursuit of victory and a good victory. And that goal didn't knock us off our stride. And that's a really good sign, I think, for us over the the coming week and hopefully hopefully weeks. Yeah, we've got uh, well, th- we've got something about us at the minute. I don't know what it is. It's just it doesn't matter really how the how the game ebbs and flows and how we play and stuff. We we seem to have this ruthlessness about us, which. I never knew we had in us. Like I always thought when, when Lee Johnson was manager, I always thought we, we had the ability to play teams off the park. But I never thought we were ruthless. I didn't think we had that edge about our game. And I I, I mean, I, you could say that the, the reintroduction of Luke O'Neill into midfield has given us a little bit of bite. Uh, Corey Evans coming into form has really helped. Um, but I actually think a big part of this has been in recent weeks especially, Elliot Embleton's emergence back into the team. And on Saturday, he was playing as a central midfield player. And I know Cambridge made it very, very easy for us. But the way he was just running the show, I mean, it's the first time I've watched Elliot Embleton and thought, this kid's got a future here. It's not. It, normally I watch him and I think, he's got something about him, but I'm not sure what it is. And I think ultimately... During his time in our first team and in the in the first team setup, he's never really been able to nail down a spot. And we've talked about this before. We talked about is he a number ten? Can he play off the left? Yeah, that sort of deep sitting midfield position where he's just pinging the ball about. I don't know what you lad you think, Phil. I'll bring you in on this, but that could be his position going forward, couldn't it? It could be. And I thought he was absolutely top class yesterday, Gav. I just thought that you know it was as if he said to the players, you know, look, lads. I'm going to kind of pull the strings today, you know. I'm going to be the one who conducts things. I'm going to be the one who sprays the ball about, who opens up the space, who gets the others into the game. And my God, he delivered. You know, it was an absolutely supreme performance. And as you said, you know, we've got a caveat by the fact that he had a lot of time and space, you know, to, to go about his business. And that, that obviously, he might find it trickier in other matches. Um, but, you know, when when he can, when the pitch is open up for him and when he has the time and the space to kind of, you know, to see the play around him, to see where his teammates are and to, to get that ball moving. It was a joy to watch him yesterday, Gavin. You know, I've been banging the Elliot Embleton drum for quite a while. I've, I've, I've always felt that he can really make a big contribution to this team. Yes, he hasn't quite nailed down a position. He, obviously, with the arrival of you know, Alex Pritchard, etc., that that kind of pushed Embleton into a role that you might class as kind of a more utility player. But, you know, when he was deployed in the position he was by Alex Neil yesterday, we've absolutely struck gold with him. You know, and and again, I just thought he's you know his 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 attitude yesterday, the way he went about it was so confident, so composed, so you know measured in his play. Um, you know, there was nothing hurried about it. There was nothing rushed. There was he played, might have played the odd dodgy pass here and there, but generally it was just a supreme performance, Gavin. Again, you know, I think that what what you saw yesterday was kind of we combined a lot of the attack and flair that we saw under Lee Johnson with the harder edge and the ruthlessness and the defensive solidity that Alex Neal has instilled in the team. You put those two together and we are a formidable team. You know, there's no doubt about that whatsoever. So, yeah, so, you know, like I said, Embleton pulled the strings, run, ran the show, superb performance. Yeah, another player who benefited a lot from the time and space Cambridge gave us 
uh, was Lyndon Gooch Martin, and he got the assist for Broadhead's goal, the fourth one. Gooch is the target of a lot of criticism, and a lot of it is warranted. But again, this was a performance from a Sunderland player where you look at it and you go, "Where's Where's he been? You know, Where's Where's this Lyndon Gooch been?" So the Lyndon Gooch who gets the ball, hugs the touchline, takes one touch out of his feet and crosses it early and puts it in on the penalty spot. Where's that Lyndon Gooch been? We've seen it in bits and pieces over the years, but never for a run of games. But we've got to give him credit, haven't we? That, that you know, we we spend a lot of time talking about how poorly he's played. This was probably his best game of the season. I think it's probably his best game in Sunderland shirt, to be perfectly honest, Gav. Yeah. I think he was absolutely outstanding from start to finish. I think he in the the big difference in his performance against Cambridge was he did the right things at the right time. He ran with it when it was the right thing to, to run with it. He got the ball in first time when it was the right thing to get the ball in first time. And he had their, their full back on toast for the whole whole nine minutes. I was interested in how we actually approached that aspect of the game because I was listening to um, the podcast that we did with that Chris did with Mark Saggers um, before the game. And by the way, if anybody hasn't listened to that, when you finish listening to this one, listen to the Mark Saggers podcast that we put out on, on Friday because that is two hours of absolute broadcasting <laughs> gold. Abs- if you keep a, keep a tally of the, the number of famous names mentioned, you'll, um, you'll need a couple <laughs> of sheets of paper. But um, look, so, so we knew they had a weakness down their left-hand side because Mark Saggers told us, he said, you know, down there, down their left, there's an easy way to get at them. And Lyndon Gooch demonstrated that. But look, he... He embodied. It was. It was like Nicky Sumby had come back into the stadium. Like the the quality, but like in, in all seriousness, like the he got the ball out of his feet quickly and whipped crosses in first time. And if we can do that and get that supply line, he's in the team every week. If he can do that consistently, he's got an absolute nail down place because everything else about Lyndon Gooch's attitude, his work rate, you know, his desire to succeed for Sunderland, it's all there. And if he can get any anything approaching consistency, he's a bloody good player for us. But the trouble is, as we've seen over the past three seasons, consistency isn't something that he has in his locker at the minute. But hey, absolutely stellar performance on Saturday and let's hope he can keep it up for the rest of the season. Yeah, and the goal from Nathan Broadhead, that's an, you just mentioned the word consistency. There's another one for him, Phil. Yeah, He's, he's come back into the team and just hit the ground running, hasn't he? He is not a League One player. Yeah. I, I, I can't get enough of him, Gav, to be honest with you. I yeah. think he's been absolutely fantastic. And again, another player who, you know, early season, there were a few question marks over, you know, as he was settling in and he was he, he was a bit erratic in his performances. But then he hit then he, he really found a rich vein of form. And then obviously when he went down injured over the winter, that really kind of robbed us of a of such a potent attacking weapon. And now he's come back into the team. Um, and I thought he played brilliantly yesterday. And again, you know, the way we set up yesterday and the way we approached the game and the fact the game was so open really suited Broadhead fantastically well. You know, it was you know, he was making good runs, he was aware, you know, he was he was always looking to looking to ser- uh, stretch Cambridge as well. And the goal was fantastic and it was you know, again, just on the subject of Lyndon Gooch, you know, that was that was a fantastic performance from him, you know, and the, the, I think the thing about Lyndon Gooch sometimes is that he gets the ball and often he, he might take a second too long to decide what he's going to do with it and then the whole move can break down. But yesterday he was thinking all the time about what he was going to do next. You know, that enabled us to speed the play up. But yeah, it was a really good really good header by Broadhead. Um, you know, great ball in and he just, you know, just a great jump and a, and a fantastic header. So no need for any late heroics from this week. Um, yeah. you know, it was a bit it was it was a bit more routine from this week. But um no, again, you know, such such a good player and 
I'd love to think that there was a prospect that we could keep him uh, for next season. You know, maybe you know, depending on how how the how the rest of the season plays out, do Everton want him back? But I think he's fantastic, and again, he's a player who I think has really reveled in the challenge this season of trying to help this club get promoted. And he, he, you know, he's embraced the challenge of become of being a Sunderland player. So yeah, I thought he was fantastic. I've really impressive. Yeah, one thing we didn't touch on before there was the injury to Carl Winchester. He has been pretty much ever present in this team, hasn't he, Martin? And we've um, I actually like the way we adapted in the game to him coming out because obviously it was a it was a rather early injury in the game, um, and Callum Doyle came in just slotted straight in. I know I know he was a little bit out of, out of sorts for the goal, but um, it does show that we've got players there to bring in. I've I've said this over recent weeks that I think we've got probably the best squad in the league. I'm not saying, you know, it's perfect, but how many other teams can bring in a left-footed Manchester City, England youth international at left centre-half who hasn't played for ages, you know what I mean? We've got the options there, haven't we? And it, I think that's something that Alex Neil talked about after the game. He, uh, he he touched on it was good that Doyle got minutes regardless of the fact Winchester picked up a knock. Yeah, it was nice to see Callum Doyle back. I think he had a great start the season, didn't he? And everybody was raving about him. And he, you know, again, quite naturally went off the boil a little bit. Um, 18-year-old playing his first, you know, having his first taste of first-team football. I think Alex Neil had said that um, Callum Doyle had had one training session before the game yesterday and he was a player who he thought... You know, you'd like to get him some minutes, but he's not he's not ready to start the game. So hopefully his return to fitness has come at the right time. You know, Winchester's gonna you know, it looks as if he's gonna be absent for a few games. We might not see him for the rest of the season if, if the injury's as bad as we're, we're fearing. So he's gonna be a big miss because he's so versatile and he, he can naturally kind of flit between the full back and the third centre half position and, and give us that, that option to change it within the game without having to to make subs, so he's. I think he's been fantastic this season, Carl Winchester, and hopefully, the injury isn't as bad as um, it, it looks as if it probably is. Yeah, um, somebody who made the return from injury though was Alex Pritchard. He came on just before the hour mark, filled to replace Nathan Broadhead. It's nice that we were able to do that. And I'm again, I'm talking about the options we've got on the team. You can take off Nathan Broadhead with half an hour to go and bring on Alex Pritchard. Yeah, you know, and the, and Pritchard has missed a fair chunk of football. I don't think he's really been available under Alex Neil. I think in, um, in his press conference the other day, he mentioned that he hasn't actually had Pritchard and Broadhead on the pitch for more than one or two games since he arrived. Yeah. Um, and when you when you see that the way that Broadhead's playing, if you can somehow get Pritchard back into the team, amongst all the other things that seem to be working at the minute, it's a great option, isn't it? Oh, it's fantastic, and it's 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 really encouraging, Gav, that it, at this crucial crucial stage of the season, the the depth of the squad is gradually getting better. Now you know the injuries are starting to kind of hopefully die down a little bit, and we've got you know Neil's got more options available to, him. and you know like you said, when you, when you can afford to bring on a player of the quality of Alex Pritchard. You know, you know you've got a, you know you've got a heck of a good squad at your disposal. As you said, it's not a perfect squad by any stretch of the imagination, but it is a strong squad for this level. And yeah, it was great to see Pritchard get some minutes yesterday. I thought he, he made a really impressive cameo actually when he came on. I thought he looked good. He, he didn't take long to get up the speed. He was playing some nice passes. There was some good interplay between him and Roberts, um, and obviously including when Dan Neil came on as well. They, they linked up quite nicely. So yeah, so you know, given what we face now for the final week of the regular season, obviously with Rotherham and then Morecambe, having a player like Pritchard to call upon is huge for Alex Neil. Because if you know if you're a manager in the dugout and you can turn around to your bench and you can say to Alex Pritchard, right, go and get warmed up, yeah, that's a massive boost for you, and it's a massive boost for the fans as well because Pritchard's a key player for us. So yeah, great to see him back yesterday. 
Yeah, well, also Daniel came on. There's another player. You know what I mean, Daniel. Yeah. The players who didn't get on look like Jack Clark, who yeah, he's, I'm not not his biggest fan, but he's still an option, isn't he? He's a forward player. Jamie Tetty, who was really good at Plymouth, I felt. Uh, Trey Hume, who just hasn't featured much. You know, we've got we've got quite a lot of players who yeah. who aren't even featuring. The final goal we'll quickly touch on Martin Danny Bar couldn't have missed really, could he? It was a great ball by Robertson. It was a good ball in. Cracking ball by Robertson. I actually thought he had a, a pretty good game in a. A little bit of an unfamiliar position. We've seen him mostly on the sort of right hand side of the attack, haven't we? Since he's he's been yeah. at the club, but to play a sort of you know a pseudo wing back left midfield sort of role, I thought he did really well. And you know he should have probably scored in the first half. He had a good shot where he came inside and he he hammered it straight at the keeper, didn't he? Where he probably should have just slotted it beneath. Yeah, him. he had a couple. He had a couple, didn't he? There was another. I think there was another one as well he where he should have probably scored. Yeah, that's, that's the only thing really that if we're going to sort of put any dampeners on his performance, he, uh, that first one especially. I mean, I think he just over overthought it really. He just yeah, had to he had hit too the much ball. Time to think about. It, didn't he? Yeah, but he, I I really like Roberts as a player, and I think you know there was that that move wasn't there where he got the ball on the left hand side in the second half, sort of played a few one twos, spread it out to the right, and Pritchard almost got in there with a header, and that would have been the goal of the season, I think, if we'd managed to put that one away because it was such a nice flow and move. So it's it's good to have these options, as you say. The, the squad's good, but like, yeah, the ball in from Roberts was was beautiful, and Danny Bart couldn't couldn't really miss, could he? No, and we managed the game out after that point. We, like I say, it was like a training exercise. Really, we just it was perfect for what we needed. You didn't want to have a game where we were getting battered from from end to end, and the players were being stretched, and they, that sending off early in the game that set the tone. And after that, we could have. Yeah, we could we could have went one or two ways, and what we did was we managed the game brilliantly. Yeah. Um, it's been one of the big criticisms of Alex Neil that um, we often don't manage the games well over ninety minutes, but in this instance, we did. We were fantastic, and um, it sets us up brilliantly for the rest of the week, Phil, doesn't it? I mean, we've got Rotherham on Tuesday. Like I say, the last thing you wanted was was to uh, to have to contend with a load of knocks and bumps and bruises and yeah. the players being run into the ground. We were yeah. we were very very solid and Rotherham aren't going to want to be playing us when we're playing like that. No, definitely not. I mean, the the, the final kind of fifteen twenty minutes of the game yesterday, we just we just eased down really, and we just kind of saw the game out reasonably comfortably. You know, there wasn't mm-hmm. much. You know, we 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 did it with the minimum of effort and physical exertion really, and that was really encouraging. So as you said, Gav, to come through that game, you know, a, a, a relatively easy game for us. Um, with with obviously the Pritchard's injury was sorry, uh, Winchester's injury was the only real dampener on it. Um, but yeah, that, like you said, it's the perfect setup really for that Rotherham game because obviously after Plymouth, you know, I felt that quite a few of our players looked as if they were running a little bit on empty. And my worry, my concern was kind of, you know, can they summon that extra percentage that they need to get them through the final three games to ensure that they, they secure a playoff place? And yesterday was an emphatic response to that. So that was really good. Um, yeah, it, it is the perfect uh, build-up to the Rotherham game um, because they know what we're capable of. You know, they're, they're going to have seen that game yesterday and they're going to know, hey, this son of the team are just starting to purr a little bit now. Mm. Um, so, yeah, the, the, it, it's going to be a challenge for them on um, on Tuesday night as well. You know, we were looking at it as being potentially a challenging game. But if we can play as half as well as we did yesterday, we've got a really good chance of, of winning. So, yeah, perfect setup for it, Gav. Yeah. Uh, one thing we haven't touched on, the red card. Well, I sort of touched on it, but I didn't ask your opinion on it, Martin. The red. Do you think it was a red? I, from where I was sat on the ground, it did look like... He, well, he didn't play the ball, which is why he got sent off. But 
and we've seen Ross Stewart go down like that quite a lot, haven't we? He's quite good at trying to buy those types of fouls in the box. I don't know. I can't. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think? I've watched it back, and it's. I think. I think it was, but. Nah, like if, if that had been against us, I'd have been furious that he got sent off. <laughs> I wouldn't have had any. I wouldn't have had any complaints about the penalty, but for it to be a sending off, the the foul's got to be deliberate, and it's got to be an, a clear goal scoring opportunity. I'm not sure it was a clear goal scoring opportunity when the foul took place, but the referee obviously thinks it, it was a clear goal scoring opportunity, and he thinks it was a deliberate foul. So that's that's why he got sent off. So you can kind of understand the thinking process of the referee, but. As I say, if that had been the other end of the pitch after eight minutes, I'd have been absolutely furious. Like their, their manager wasn't happy at all. That's pretty much the basis <laughs> of his uh, after-match comments, wasn't it? He said that he felt the result was harsh on them because purely because he didn't think it was a red card. Um, I actually don't think it changed the game that much, though. Mm, I, I no, actually don't think no, because no. they, they didn't actually they didn't change the way that they played, and I actually thought the sending off could have been a bad thing for us at that point because. I suspected they would just put you know two banks of four in there and try to defend the game and make it really difficult for us and try to catch us on the break. And as I say, they, did, they didn't change the the way they were approaching it. Um, so that, that, I thought it gave them an opportunity to do something a little bit different, but they just didn't they didn't look at doing it. It was puzzling. Yeah, Alex Neil was asked about it after the game and. Um... He said he would have been pretty annoyed, like if that was his player being sent off. But he also acknowledged. He went to be honest. I don't know the rules anymore. He says, like, does anybody know the rules anymore? Yeah. Like, <laughs> he's like, so there's probably some referee somewhere listening to me say this and saying, no, this is the rule. But he said, I generally don't know. He said, but if that was me, I would have been annoyed. Um, <clears throat> what about you, Phil? Red card or not? Um, it looked harsh. Live when I saw it live in the stadium, and then when I watched it back last night, it was one of those borderline ones. As Martin said, you know, if, if that goes against you, you know, you're, you're absolutely furious about it. But to be fair, you know, we've been on the receiving end of so many atrocious refereeing decisions this season. You know, I think frankly, it was about time we got one that went in our favour. But yeah, you know, as Martin said, you know, that, that, that could have changed the dynamic of the game because they could have shut up shop, you know, and gone kind of like what Gillingham tried to do a few weeks ago, basically just try and spoil the game at every every turn. But it was kamikaze stuff from them. They were just so so open, even after the red card. And we cashed in. So, yeah, so I think a classic example of if it goes against you, you're unhappy about it. But if it goes for you, poetic justice because you've had so many calls go against you this season. Yeah, that result leaves us fourth in the table. I think the goal difference helped us, didn't it, in that regard? We edged above the other teams yeah. um, because of goal difference. So it was important that we got plenty of goals in the game. Uh, but, yeah, that leaves us fourth in the table. We're six points behind MK Dons with a game in hand. We are six points behind Rotherham, who we play on Tuesday night. Uh, but to be honest, it's still so difficult to see what's going to happen. Oxford can't make the playoffs now. They're, they're out of it because they've only got one game left to play and they're five points behind. They've totally shit the bed, haven't they, Oxford? But Chef Wed, Wickham, Plymouth and us, it's four teams going for three spots. It's one of them, innit? I know we've got the, the advantage over Wickham and Plymouth because we've got a game in hand, as do uh, Chef Wed. Plymouth have have had a horror run, and that's reflected in their results, hasn't it? As they've sort of tailed off, they've not been able to win games. But um, yeah, it sort of went our way, didn't it, Martin? This this weekend, the results. I I think it could have gone better. I think if Sheffield Wednesday had beaten Wickham, I think that would have almost made our place secure in the playoffs. Um, as it is now, we kind of we still need we still need four points to guarantee it. Yeah, is the way it is, but still still in our hands. I think the only complaint you could have had, you know, apart from the injury yesterday, was 
Like we we should have scored. Like we could have had ten. Like oh, we, God, really, we could yeah. we we could we could have run it with bloody cricket score, and <laughs> it could come down to goal difference. And the the four goal swing yesterday helped us to get a bit of parity in in goal difference. But we could like, it was there for the taking to to add a few more. And I think that it was a balance, wasn't it, between just yeah managing the game out and looking after fitness and all that sort of stuff, and getting getting a few goals that run off it. But it's I tell you it's. It's like a bloody football version of Wacky Races at the end of this season, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you just, yeah. I just can't. You can't say with any confidence where it's gonna, it's gonna go. Like we we can still get promoted if if we beat Rotherham five nil on Tuesday. We could go into the last game of the season with a a good chance of or a chance anyway of of going up automatically, which would be crazy. You get good odds on it, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what's the, what's the chances of winning five nil on? On Tuesday, I suppose we did beat Chef Wed five 0 didn't we? So and they, yeah. sure we can do it, five, didn't they? Yeah, they yeah. So we, it is possible. I mean, I haven't had a good, a proper chance to look at everything in depth, but, but while I've got the fixtures in front of us, we'll have a look. Wigan will ignore because yeah, they're they're going for a different place in the table than we are. But Chef Wed play Fleetwood on Tuesday at the same time we play Rotherham. If Fleetwood win, they stay up. So it's an important game, but their form's terrible. I mean. Fleetwood, I mean, it's more likely they'll lose, to be fair. <laughs> They're absolutely shocking. Yeah, Fleetwood against Chef Wed is a big game in the league. Obviously, we play at Rotherham. I keep saying that we've just got to win, concentrate on ourselves, win our game, let everything else fall into place. Uh, but I, I, I do fancy us on Tuesday, and we'll not go too depth, in depth with it, but I fancy us. So if we win that game, yeah, we go into the final game, which I actually think is a harder game, which might sound daft to people, but Morecambe are scrapping for their lives at the bottom of the table. They may well need to win that match when when you if Fleetwood do us a favour and beat Chef Wed, they go above Morton, who would then only be two points clear of Gillingham, going into the final day. So it would mean Morton need a point or or a win to stay up, and it could be very interesting at both ends of the table. Uh, but going into that final game, then I mean Tuesday night there's only there's only us playing Rotherham, Fleetwood playing Chef Wed, and Wigan playing Portsmouth. But going into the final. Uh, set of games on on Saturday, uh, Rotherham are away at Gillingham, who may well need to win to stay up. Well, I think they need to win for a chance of staying up. Yeah, yeah, uh, which could make it interesting. You know how things go on the final day when we're playing Morgan. Uh, Sheffield host Portsmouth, who have nothing to play for, but can be a difficult opponent. Other than that, what's going on around us? Uh, Wickham are away to Burton, and Burton are uh, as we've found out. Countless times down the years, Burton are a decent team. Plymouth have MK Dons, who may well need to win that game to win an automatic promotion spot. And then obviously we're away at, at Morecambe. So it's you're right. I think you've just said there. It's, it's a bit like the wacky races. It is. It's it's going to be it's going to be one of them where it goes down the final day. You just know it. I don't think Alex Neil would grumble at a point on Tuesday. Obviously he wants to win, but I think I think if we if it was a bit like the Plymouth game. Where it's where it's sort of very even and intense. I don't think he'd grumble at going in that final game with a point, but ultimately we want to win against Rotherham on Tuesday just to to give us ourselves a bit of breathing space at the weekend. I think if you're just looking at the two teams, Phil, Morton are at the bottom end of the table. We're at the top end of the table. You would fancy us to win that game, regardless of what's hanging on it. Yeah, you would hope so. Yeah, but again, it's 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 one of those where it you know last day of the season. 
you know, you've got to maintain your concentration, you know, what's going on around you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's going to be, you know, it's, it, it could be one of those games where there's a lot of the players looking towards the touchline, what's the score elsewhere type of thing, you know. Yeah. Um, but as, as you said, Gav, you know, we, we have to just concentrate on ourselves. But it's it's just a bit bittersweet because, you know, you look at the goal difference this year when you look at some of the hammerings, we, hammerings we've received this season. And you you just go you look back and you think God if only we hadn't conceded six at Bolton if only we hadn't been you know walloped at Fratton Park etc but that's gone now and there's nothing you can do about it so yeah I think but I, regarding Tuesday and Rotherham you know I think the players will be buoyant you know after yesterday's result I think they'll be on a real high they'll be you know they'll be really excited to get into that game and you know I have to just say as well I just want to touch on the subject of, of leadership which I know we've spoken about previously on on podcast. I think Corey Evans is going to be a key, key player for us for this final two games. I thought he was exceptional yesterday, led by example, real captain's performance. And I think he'll be telling, particularly his younger teammates, look lads, we go out there, we do the business against Rotherham, and we're almost there. And I think he's, they've got to get that positive mindset into the players. Um, and I think that comes from Alex Neal, and it certainly comes from the senior players like Evans, Bailey Wright as well, Danny Bart, people like them. So it's going to be a big test for us, but... I'm very confident going into Tuesday's game. I have to be honest with you. Are you Martin? Are you confident? I haven't got a clue. <laughs> <laughs> it's just—it's one of those games that I really don't know. But I think you kind of look at it objectively, and you know, since Alex Neal's come in, I think he's been in charge for 13 games, 26 points out of those 13 games. We lost one, won seven. We've looked an awful lot more solid. Um, so you kind of go. All things considered, you'd, you'd fancy us to get a result of some sort on, on Tuesday. Hopefully it's three points that takes us a giant step towards securing a playoff place. And and as I say, like if we beat Rotherham, we go into the last game of the season still with that little chance of automatic promotion. And yeah. who knows? Well, it would be nice to be able to play for that. I mean, that'll be the message he's probably sending to the players, I, I would say. I, I think he, he's... He'll be reaching for the stars, Alex Neal. He'll want to. He'll want to try and get that second spot, even if there's only a glimmer of hope at this stage. Yeah, yeah. But he'll be telling the players on Tuesday, look, we we win this tonight and we win big. You could be going to Morecambe on Saturday with the with the chance of going up automatically, and we don't have to go through the playoffs. You know, yeah. I, 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 it'd be. I'd love to be a fly on the wall at the minute because if he's as ruthless in the training ground and on the training pitch as he is with the press. Um, off it, then I mean he must be fascinating to work for. He yeah. must just be brilliant. If I was a if I was a player, I would run through brick walls for a manager like that. I would absolutely yeah. love it. He's just no nonsense. He he knows exactly what he wants. The players all understand their role in this squad and the and the role in this promotion campaign. I guess where in previous seasons I've all I we 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 just haven't had that, have we, Martin? We've I think it might be you or Chris. I, some stage over the last few weeks has brought this up, but in the last two playoff campaigns that we've went through, we've went into it with no momentum at all because we've we've ultimately we've dropped off from the top two places, and it's sort of like a booby prize. It's a bit like drop. It's a bit like when you qualify for the Champions League and a team qualifies for the Champions League and they lose in that third qualifying round and they end up having to play in the Europa League and everyone's like, oh. <laughs> well, you know, it's a bit, it's a bit, it's been a bit like that. I mean, if, if we can equate it to anything in sort of <laughs> at our standard of football in League One, it's a little bit like that. Whereas with, with where we are now, we've, we've been really good for months. Like we, our form has been good. We're now starting to see the finishing touches. We're not just solid. We're now seeing a little bit of quality. We've got players coming back in. 
I, I, I would not be disappointed if we don't. I know. I know there's a very slim chance of us getting in those automatics, but I'm. I'm personally. I'm not disappointed now. I've already got over the fact that we. That's out of sight. I got over that yeah. ages ago, and I've. I've. My full focus has just been like we have to finish in them playoff spots and we have to be in good form. And I said this weeks and weeks ago, people who listen will have heard us say it, we have to be in good form going into it. And at the minute, when you look at the form of the other teams in there, I think we're the best team in the playoffs at the minute. We're, we're certainly the form team in, in the league, I would say. And, you know, we're coming into, we've, well, we're not coming into form, we are in good form at the, at the right time. We've got players coming back from, from injury, players hitting form and fitness. And, you know, last season we... We kind of stumbled into the playoffs, and we were in a great position to actually go automatically at, at one point. And then we we finished on on such a sort of damp note that it was very hard for the team to get up, and you know the fans to an extent as well to get up for the for the playoffs. And yeah. even last season, I think we we finished on seventy seven points, so we're already three points ahead of where we were at the end of last season with two games remaining this time. So uh, we're coming in we're in good form, coming into the, the last week of the season. On a, on a bit of a head of steam, really, and hopefully we can just keep that up. As you say, Gav, like Alex Neal is seems to be the type of manager who, who won't let anybody get complacent about anything at all. And, you know, the the good thing about having such a, a relatively big squad anyway is that a competition for places is absolutely fierce. And one game that somebody isn't at 100%, like Jack Clark last week, out of the team. And you've got to put yeah. in training to get your, your place back. And if you get a good performance in during the game, then you'll you'll stay in the team for the the next one. So, look, it's all positive. And again, like as you as you said earlier, nobody's going into this last week of the season thinking, "Oh God, we're going to finish in the playoffs. Mm. We've missed out on automatic promotion." It's looking forward to the prospect of going into the playoffs, and um, because I think we all feel as if you know if you're going to back a horse. You're going to back us at the moment, yeah. Yeah, Phil, anything to add on that, mate? I think that's what I think that's what Alex Neal has done. He's kind of changed the mindset from, you know, I think what he's basically the message he's sending to the players is the playoffs are a challenge to be embraced rather than feared, you know. And I think he's I think because Alex Neal is quite belligerent by nature, I think he's like right, okay, I'll take as much of this burden as I can, you know, the handling the stress of getting into the playoffs. You just go out there and play your football. But play it without any fear. I think you saw that yesterday in the performance. Um, but just to, to pick up on a point you made earlier on, Gav, about, you know, and I've been banging this drum for a long time as well. I think that, that even after we beat Wigan 3 0, uh, early doors under Alex Neil. And I said that we had to build momentum ahead of the playoffs because, as you said in previous playoff campaigns, we've stumbled across the line. Automatic promotion has fallen away from, or we've fallen away from automatic promotion. And then everybody can it's a bit that everyone kind of struggles to get themselves up for the playoffs. But with this season, We've had to kind of readjust our target when kind of automatic promotion disappeared. Then you start vying for the playoffs, and that kind of gives you a new target to focus on. So I think that's what Alex Neal's done. And I get the sense now that we're starting to where we're building up towards the playoffs rather than stumbling into them. And that's going to be a key. That's that's going to be the key difference. I feel. Yeah, you know, a, a big difference in how we approach it as well, Mike. Like this thing that Alex Neal keeps on saying about one game at a time. And really, yeah. if you if you take the magnitude of the playoffs and the the, the the thing that you can achieve and the outcome you can achieve at the end of it and break it down, it's three games against League One opposition, all of yeah. whom we've competed against, gone toe to toe with, and at the minute we're in better form than all of them. So if you kind yeah. of break it down into that respect and forget about going up, it's we've got two games this week and then hopefully we'll have three other games to play and take them one at a time 
And you know, as we've said earlier, you know, he's he's very focused on putting a team together to play the opposition of that particular game. It's not, yeah. you know, I thought earlier in the season we kind of had that attitude of we're a better team than everybody, let's go out and hammer them. And sometimes it yeah. worked and sometimes it didn't. Whereas we're kind of treating each game individually, putting the team out on the park, getting our tactics. And, you know, the tactics have changed game to game and the style of play has changed a little bit game to game, depending on who, who we're facing. So that kind of gives me confidence as well. And he, mm-hmm. he's looking at it really one step at a time and he's not looking at the finishing line. Well, you've got me... Uh, hoping even just a tiny little bit, Martin, that we might go up automatically. Um, so I'm clinging on to that. It's the hope I can't stand after Why not, all. Eh? Um, <laughs> it's the hope that kills you. Yeah, we've got a massive, massive, massive week. Uh, we do this every single week, and obviously next week will be no different, and I'm praying that we are in the at least in the playoffs. It, it, there's so much that can happen. It would be such a Sunderland thing if we didn't finish in the playoffs. But I'm, I am very confident, and I've got full belief in this manager, which... It's been a long time since I've said that about any Sunderland manager, to be honest. I, I've, I've liked all of them to varying degrees, but I think just this guy is the perfect manager for this situation we're in. And he's he's doing such a good job. And I just hope that we don't we don't blow it in the last week because we've yeah. done so much good work over the last couple of months. It would be a massive, massive shame to end the season, even dropping out of form and still finishing in the in the top six would be disappointing because we've worked so hard to get ourselves in this position and I would love us to be sat here with a in a week's time with six points on the board because I think I think we've got a, we're more than capable of beating these next two teams and and taking maximum points from the games and yeah. fingers crossed fingers crossed that'll be the case but uh, yeah it's about time to finish up so thanks Phil for joining us once again thanks, uh, thanks Martin thank you very much yes, and thank you to the listeners for joining us and hopefully like I say in a week's time we'll be back talking about Sunderland's last two victories and uh, in, a, in a nice strong finish for the season catch you all later cheers catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.